We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buckington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. to Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts, safe. And what can I say? Just dip my hat and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. I'm Brian Shackman along with John Senecal. I just want to point out to people, on July 26th of 2021, the title of podcast number 40 was The Coffin's Been Nailed. And now here we are in episode 43, and the team that I wrote off, and I sort of, I think I kind of pushed you to write off, is now in a very good spot to make the playoffs. That would be the New York Yankees. I mean, you act like you're an exclusive club, Brian, that you wrote them off and pushed people to write them off. Our producer, who's sitting in the booth behind us, wrote them off, I'm sure, Yankee fan. I wrote them off. Heck, I was the one that titled the damn show. <laughs> it's true. I, I have to say that. It, it is stunning. It does remind you of like stories of 1978 and all the times before 2004 that the Red Sox were in first place in July and ended up in third place by September 1st. I mean, it's happened. 2011. But we thought that, but like post-2004, either nobody's cared. Right. I mean, they've won four World Series in this century. Nobody else has done that much. But my, my, the, my starting point for you, John, today is how much of this is the Red Sox sucking and how much of this is the Yankees playing well? See, I'll I'll go and I'll say, spoken like a true Red Sox fan, you're saying basically it's the reason the Yankees are good is because the Red Sox are bad. Correct. I All think, right, the, well, yeah, I think the Red though. Sox handed this to the Yankees. I mean, if you look at the records, I mean, you can react to it. Like, if you take a look. I think you're making excuses of what I think you're doing. No, I, no, I I'm saying that. I, I don't think that. the trade deadline. No, no I'm. And I, that you're blaming the Yankees now for playing not, good baseball when they've been playing like crap all season. I don't think they it's got the injuries Yankees. up the butt still, and they're playing good. It's I, not the Yankees. It's the Red Sox. Yes, they're not playing good, right? But the Yankees are playing excellent baseball. They're I, the best team in baseball, it, other it, than the Giants. I I just don't think that that's true. I think the Red Sox handed them. It's not. I'm not. I'm not blaming the. They played them I, three times since then. They handed them three games. That's it. Yeah. Well, All and the then, Red Sox have done is lose. Right. So put it this way, July 29th, since July 29th, and I could go back further, but since July 29th. All-star break time. Yeah. The Red Sox, you know, were like eight games under 500. If they had just played 500. You mean they'd eight be, games over 500. 
No, the Red Sox have been eight games. Oh, been eight games. Played, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, all they had to do was play 500, and they'd still be up by at least two games. Right. I mean, so, yes, the Yankees have won, and they have played, quote-unquote, good baseball, but, I mean, all the Red Sox had to do was be decent. All they had to do was be average. All right, well, and, let's look at the teams they've played since then, okay? Who? Both teams. Boston's played Tampa four times. They've played Detroit three, Toronto three, Baltimore three, and the Yankees. Three. This is heading into this is right to, before right the Minnesota and Texas series exactly. for both. Yeah. Yep. Since since the break. The Yankees have played Miami one game, Baltimore three, Seattle four, KC three, Chicago three, Boston three. Now you laugh and you'll say Baltimore, right? Red Sox played Baltimore for three. Seattle, wild card contender. KC, eh, I mean they are Yankees what they are, have had a tougher hungry. schedule. Yes, they're hungry. If that's what we want to say, Chicago White Sox, excellent ball excellent club. Excellent team. Yes. Your point is that the Yankees have had a tougher schedule and played no, better. No, Red Sox have played Tampa four games and Toronto three. That's seven. And Detroit was very hot team. They're they're surprisingly a sneaky good team this year. Detroit with that smug son of a bitch AJ Hinch. Yes, but the deal is is that the Red Sox, I mean literally, they were twenty something games over five hundred a month ago, and all they had to do was play 500 ball, and they would be fine for the wild card. And they still may make the wild card, but I, I definitely, maybe it's my anti-Yankee bias, but I give more credence to the, the Red Sox giving this away now, than the they, Yankees Now, are they playing it. bad ball, or are they just coming back to earth, like well, you said? So that's a great question. I, I, All year, did I ever say that they were no, a bona fide no, first-place team? That, Never. I'm, that's why I'm asking you the question. I, I, think, I think they're better than they've been playing but they're not a first place team. But I go back to this. If you this to me, this speaks to the arrogance of the Red Sox organization, which is if you're in first place more than halfway through the season and you don't do what you can to solidify a chance to win it all, I think that sends a horrible message. And right. I think it sent a horrible and you know the truth is and it's I like, think that has a big thing to do with why they're playing so hundred percent. Because I think they were like Screw these guys. They 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 don't have any faith in us to be a championship team. In fact, you know they they did one or two minor moves. I mean, and Schwarber, we're doing and we're playing great baseball, and we're going to continue. They it's like yeah. it's like they uh, got a little conceited, I guess. Well, no, it's about the arrogance of the organization. They have some sort of mission, like oh well. Because my whole thing is like windows close. I mean, just look at like even like the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. Who knows if the Kansas City Chiefs will ever win again? Right. You know, the windows close so quickly. Well, obviously, that, there's no wh- guarantees. But why wouldn't you take advantage of an opportunity? Is my point. Like, I don't think the Heim Bloom plan for the future and the depth of the franchise would have been sacrificed by getting Anthony freaking Rizzo. I don't. But ultimately, at the short term, it would have been. I don't know. So I, you go out and you get the the, the six out of the bar with uh, Schwarber. <laughs> Right, well, I'm I, just saying, like, what did you do by getting Schwarber? He, he obviously he wasn't a factor. But couldn't help series. you right away. Number one, number two, he doesn't even play the position you need. Exactly, and so that's what I'm saying. And it sends, yeah. But my point is, like, it's larger. It talks about the arrogance of the organization not to go after a chance to win it all, even though they feel like they have to protect the long term plan. Well, who knows when you'll be back again? Right. You know what? Toronto is only going to get better but once they get some pitching. So why, the fact that you didn't go for it sends a horrible message to the fans, horrible message in the locker room, and these young kids. I feel like some of them are deflated still, and they, and and you know what? They're not a great team, but they're definitely not not as bad as they've been playing. And I think part of it is the mental side of it, and I blame the ownership and the management. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just like we were blaming the ownership and the management when the Yankees were in the cellar and nailing coffins. Baseball is a crazy game. We know that. But again, I think you know the Yankees have taken their punches, and now's the time for them to show what kind of team they are, and they're playing. Still with a patched-up lineup. Still. Okay, so let's talk about the Yankees for a second. He's John Senegal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 43. 
a fan base to deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. You're wearing, you know, people that see the video can see it, but it's Nuke Voigt. It's Luke Voigt is the player. I, I think there there are some blind spots here for for the Yankees. And one of them is Geraldus Chapman, who we'll talk about in a second. But one is you know Luke Voigt, who's clearly unhappy that Anthony Rizzo is going to get the bulk of the starts at first. And is that, in your opinion, as Mr. Yankee, is that a potential problem in the locker room? So you say the ball starts at first. I don't necessarily think he's angry at that because if Luke really? Voigt thinks he's a better first baseman than Anthony Rizzo, he's crazy. I think he's unhappy that he's going to— I think he's unhappy that he might not play, play, play as much as he thinks, which is every day, Right. So obviously that happened. He Either way, well, because sort the of the same, sort of the same thing. Not even close to the same thing, Brian. You're talking about a defensive player that if he is in the game in the ending series of the Red Sox, they chances are the Red Sox are safe at first base on that play, right? He's a supreme defender over Voight. Not even close. But not Voigt, even close. But even if you go are, across the 11 year span and this whatever nine years difference they have in Major League Service. You're not. There's no way Luke Voigt's going to become a defender that Anthony Rizzo is. I'm just saying. I'm I, don't, just, I don't think Luke Voigt looks at it that way. And that's what well, my, he's a baseball my, player. He shouldn't. He should think he's the best player on the field, right? But, but if we're going to sit back a, and we're going to analyze the game like we all do nowadays, Luke Voigt cannot carry Anthony Rizzo's jock on the field defensively. He just can't do it. He can't, and he never will be. Luke Voigt is a DH in the, in baseball. He's a great hitter, and the Yankees need him in the lineup. So how do they do that? Giancarlo's got to play the outfield, plain and simple, and Brett Bangs is the odd man out. Well, that's fine. I mean, he doesn't deserve no, to be on the I field think, anyway. I think but they're blowing it out Luke of proportion. Voigt. I deserve to play just as much as he does, what Voigt says play, about Rizzo. Play, not first base. Play. In the lineup. Now, maybe you want to rephrase it. Everyone's making this a bigger deal than they have to because they're looking for a reason fine, to smack the Yankees okay, right now. Fine, because that's my good. question. So I'm asking you if it's a problem. You say it's not a problem. I don't think it's a problem okay. at all because, A— all right, what do you want to do as a baseball player? You want to look like you're part of a team, right? Yep. If he's going to get traded or he's going to go somewhere else, if he sits there and he pisses and moans in the corner, it will affect your game, A, because mentally it will. B, you're not going to play, right? And then you're not going to be on the field. So he needs to be on the field. So he has to bring his A game. The team's playing good. Why would you not want to be a part of it? It's now, like he said, it's up to Aaron Boone to figure it out. Okay, Okay. so that's settled. You, we got your take on that. The second one is Araldis Chapman. Ugh. And so... Again, another trope of for my for me that you don't necessarily disagree with. You hate with. him. I know that. I, I hate's a strong word. I, know. I just you, don't. I as, don't think the Yankees can player. win. A, they can't win a World Series with him as a close. I don't think they can either, and it's evident. So I what mean, do you what do you do? Listen, I think the Yankees have some serious issues in the bullpen in the back end of the bullpen. They'll say that they're great and they're awesome, but Chad Green has been hittable. Um, so you don't think he should be the closer? Do you go closer by committee? I don't know. Is that? You, can you do that going into the playoffs? I don't know. If it's if it's something you're going to do, you're going to have to start doing it now, I guess. Right. Uh, Roldis Chapman, I think I'm surprised he's back already. To be honest with you, uh, he, I thought they were going to like let him sit out there for a month and a half and ne- like next, trot him in with Kluber. Next week we're going to put Matt Soroy's on the third mic and we're gonna we're gonna chop it up with him because he 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 thinks Green can close. Right. Oh, oh, Obviously, he can throw good, but he hasn't been pitching that great. He's been pitching okay. All right. I don't think he's been pitching to the point. Where he's gonna like put you away. All right, so John, what do the Yankees do at the back end of the bullpen if they want to win a title? Well, I mean, at, at this stage, if Chapman is healthy, which obviously I don't know if he is, I don't or not. if he's a thousand percent healthy, I don't think. Well, it matters. Listen, they're gonna put him there if he's healthy because he's oh, making the money. They're, they're gonna lose, and they they trot him out there. They're gonna lose. Well, that's something they're gonna have to figure out right at the end, I guess. If that's if he's healthy. 
this is the way I look at it. They've always done it this way. If if the player's healthy and he's making a lot of money, they're going to put him out there, right? If, you unless want, unless you, you're like Chris Davis and you literally can't do anything. Do you want him out there? I, not right now. I don't think he's healthy. I don't even understand why he's back, to be honest with you. Right, it's so just that, like Schwarber. He was supposed to be out like three weeks and the dude shows up in like two days. Right. Like, I don't, I, like, if you're not in the organization, you have zero idea of what's going on. And there's probably a few people that actually know what's going on in the organization. Okay, so to summarize, the Luke uh, Void, Anthony Rizzo thing is no big deal. I don't think it's a big and deal. And the Rodas Chapman is a huge question mark that you don't have an answer to. I don't have an answer to because I don't think he's necessarily healthy. And I don't really necessarily think he's that smart either. So I don't know if yeah. he's telling them. Well, maybe, I think that's confirmed. You know, um, I don't know if he's, gonna, he's telling them the wrong thing or he's just there because he wants to post stuff on Instagram. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I I agree with you, Brian. That I don't think they, they're going to win with him. But I can't understand how he was so lights out for the first three months of the season because the games didn't matter. Um, listen, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it so much. People know what our take on it. But I mean, we're, we're going to have to solve this situation if you want the Yankees to win anything. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 43. We got to talk about a couple quick things here. One is the Manchester, Connecticut Little League team is in the World Series. Uh, we actually, on our morning show on WTIC 1080, which is my my day job, we talked to the manager, and uh, he's got a son on the team. I mean, what 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 could be better than being the head coach of a Little League team with your son on it and you're in the World Series? Oh, it's insane. I got, I got the opportunity to coach the Little League All-Star team for the first time. I've been an um, assistant coach before, but I actually got to be the manager this year. Really? And, yeah. Of the 12-year-old? Yeah, of the 12-year-olds. How far did you go? Well, we went to the, like the semifinals of the like the first District. districts. Yeah, um, we came in. We missed we missed going in by run differential. We gave up too many runs to Torrington in the rain the day before the Fourth of July. Gave up seventeen runs, ten in the last inning. Oof. Yeah, so that knocked us out. Anyways, but to answer your question, Brian, oh my God, I couldn't even imagine the feeling. Watch in having your kid. I mean, you're an all star, but you know, there's there's all stars and then there's all stars in the yeah. little league all stars. So, you know? you so mean- there's those elite players, and if his kid is one of them. Wow, hang on for the ride. I did watch Manchester play. We didn't get to play them. We we didn't get to play Simsbury. Simsbury was in our same bracket. Manchester beat Simsbury um, to go and finish against Wilton, I believe. They beat for the state championship. And then they went on, and then they came in second, second to New Hampshire. Right. And they're playing uh, Hawaii for their first game. And that, that game's on Wednesday, and then if they win, they play on Sunday. If they lose, they play on Thursday, Saturday. Thursday, the game. Um, so... <clears throat> Yeah, Thursday. And but they're playing Hawaii, which is interesting because they had a kid that was ambidextrous. He could pitch with both hands. Good. Within the same at-bat? I don't know if you can do that in the same at-bat. I'm not sure. I don't know what the rule is there. But, but he, he can, can legitimately throw legitimately from both sides. Legitimately do it. But here's the catch, Brian. Here's the catch, right? So this kid, his name is uh, Tyler Shindo, right? He's not going to be there. He's not playing on the team. He's going to be in North Carolina at the Team USA Identification Series. So this kid's legit. Wait, so he's not playing because he's getting showcased? He's getting showcased because, in his parents' words, we signed him up for too many things during the COVID lockdown because we were so nervous about baseball coming up. So he's choosing Team USA 12-year-old identification series in North Carolina over I think that's the Little League horrible. World Series. I mean, my first instinct on that is that that's horrible parenting. I hate to say it, but like, the kid's 12. If he's going to be a star, people are going to find him. Absolutely. Right? I mean, what better way you, to find you than the Little League World Series national, pitching with both arms? Yeah, on national TV. Like that to me is, uh, you know, I don't like to rip. I think they're going to look back on this one him. and be like, it's the parents. I mean, that's that's an abdication of responsibility. Like, 
If your kid's good, he's going to get a scholarship. He's going to get noticed. I mean, seriously. Listen, if you're playing in a, a 12U, G- you, you, Team USA 12U identification series, right? So I guess identification, I didn't go that deep looking in. I'm sure that's something where you're you're noticed, but you're trying to get more notice. You're not right. that. But, dude, if you're going to that, I got a 12-year-old kid. I know a lot of 12-year-old kids around here. None of them are going to that. Right, and the you bottom I mean? line is, you know, when the when <clears throat> Connecticut, for instance, won the World Series in 89, you know, Chris Drury was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get noticed. I just feel like that's when the future, and you're a great dad, and you know about having fun versus, you know, furthering your career. If you have a chance to have a lifelong experience, why would you get in the way of that? No. I mean, honestly, like, I honestly, that makes me furious. This is a big a- mistake, by their by by them in general, I, I would hope they had talked it over with a kid. But knowing he's a twelve year old, he's going to sure follow parents, whatever his parents say. Obviously, I mean, the it's parents not on the kid. The I'm not criticizing the kid. I'm criticizing one thousand percent the parents, and he's also letting his team down. I mean, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Almost every person do, who plays in the Little League World Series doesn't go on to the majors, right? This is it. This could be the greatest experience of their life. Yeah, and they, I'm sure Hawaii always sends a good team. Yes. What this kid needs to do, he needs to call Coach Deion Sanders and figure out the whole helicopter back and forth thing. Right. He needs to play in the morning in his showcase. He needs to get on that Ugh, helicopter. That makes me sad. And get up to Williamsport and that throw with me, both arms. That really makes me sad. Um, the the We're going to leave you today with, we're going to try to brand it. Maybe we'll get it sponsored, but we're going to leave you with a nugget of the nugget of the week. And this one is phenomenal. So, uh where this we is are, Florida right baseball, now, and it's and, and it's great greatness. Where we're sitting right now in Farmington, Connecticut, is what fifteen minute drive to downtown Hartford, where the now, Hartford the team that yard goes. talk about the little history. The team before they got to Hartford was about ten minutes away oh, in New Britain. New Britain Rockcats, who were the Minnesota Twins. The last one was the Minnesota Twins. Now, now they're in Hartford as the Yard Goats, as the Colorado the worst, affiliate. the worst team. In, in all the of Eastern minor league, league baseball, or maybe the worst all, team in all of minor league yeah, baseball, definitely in the Eastern League. But what what they that's do important is, to note here, though, the yes, worst team. Correct. They are in terms of win loss, they are terrible. But a they're twenty nine and sixty one as of Thursday, um, <laughs> like the Baltimore Orioles, and they happen to be an extremely well run organization, though, and they have a beautiful ballpark in downtown Hartford, and attendance is really good. So this week it got the notice of the national media yep. for what particular reason? So basically it boils down to Florida baseball. So this week the Yard Goats in Hartford had a first responders night and they drew 6,850 fans. Now we know the Yard Goats always draw well, right? right? Now that's a capacity crowd. I'm sure like if they really stuff that joint full, they could probably get a little bit more in there. Right. But, but basically 7,000 is basically Hartford, it. Yep. Tuesday night. Right, that same night, the Rays versus your Baltimore Orioles. The, right. I think the worst team are the Arizona Diamondbacks or them. One other, right. they're bad. The worst team in the American League, at least. Worst team in the American League drew. <laughs> take a guess, Brian. Oh, I don't know. Forty-seven hundred and ninety-five. Less than five thousand. Less than five. This is a first place team. First place team. Your pennant winning, American League pennant winning, Tampa Bay Rays. What about the Miami Marlins? Same night, Miami Marlins versus the AL, NL East leading Braves, 6,079. Okay, so just to put that together for you, if you haven't interpreted it properly, the awful Hartford Yard Goats outdrew two major league franchises. Two major league franchises. One that's in One first place. One of them is in first place. Yes, and I, I was at Lone Depot Park just recently when Tatis was there, 
And like I said, there was probably, you know, 13,000 there and, you know, 11,000 were there to see Tatis right. play. Now, I'm going to take this one step further, right? So the Tampa Bay Rays are going to say, we're not going to be outdone. So we're going to do a first responder night ourselves the next night. And they drew 6,673. Couldn't beat the They still couldn't beat the Yard Goats first responder night. That's right. Hartford has it, baby. Now, I've long believed, first, first of all, it's a credit to Hartford. I mean, I, you know, it's like the Yankees-Red Sox argument where I say it's more about the Red Sox sucking than the Yankees doing well. I think you have to give props to Hartford for being a double-A team and drawing that well. Absolutely. But I do think that, you know, my theory has long been that there should not be major regular season Major League Baseball in the state of Florida. No. I think, A, it has spring training where you could pay a third of the price and see all the same people, but B... The population down there in these areas where the teams are, most of us transplanted people. They don't want to go give, to baseball they games. Don't, it's not even that. They don't care. No, Yeah, exactly. They, they don't just care. don't care. And even if they win, it's a struggle. So I think it was a terrible like, – I mean, I don't know if Montreal could sustain a team. I don't know if Charlotte – I don't know where they could go. Somebody can take a team out of Tampa. I don't think they're going out of Miami because they built that nice, shiny well, ballpark Jeter's on the there player's dime. They have actually have a history of winning now, unfortunately. But I think they both should go. But, I mean – I would love it if baseball went back to Montreal or whatever. So the nugget of your week is that the Hartford Yard Goats of double-A fame. Eat maybe it up, baby. Hartford Yard They Goats. outdrew the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep. Unbelievable. Well, that's it for our podcast this week, episode 43. Check us out on Facebook at Fanbase Podcast and Twitter, Podcast Fanbase. Facebook is at Fanbase Podcast and Twitter is at Podcast Fanbase. So just flip them back and forth. And you can check us out on YouTube and on all the Odyssey networks. And uh, we'll see you here back next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.